0: Again, the doors close at 4 o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyhaar.com slash join. I cannot wait to spend 12 weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life.
1: See yourself the way the world sees you, which is far more beautiful, far more talented, far more capable, far more impressionable than you would ever recognize. creative person. If you're a baker,
0: a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller and I'm a singer songwriter. I make a living doing what I love and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. Remember, free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. Thanks to FreshBooks for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com dreamjob and enter Don't Keep Your Day Job. In the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. Just go to FreshBooks.com slash DreamJob and then enter Don't Keep Your Day Job in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thanks, FreshBooks. Thanks to eHarmony for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Right now my listeners can get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter my code DreamJob at checkout. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So how are you? How was Thanksgiving? How is the fam? What did you guys do? Did anyone do anything out of the box? I know a friend of mine went um, to a winery with her husband. It's Just the two of them. That sounds really delightful. Eight or nine years ago, my husband and I uh, played hooky and we went to Disneyland, just the two of us. Um, And this year was nice. My dad and stepmom came in and you know when when relatives come in you do stuff in your own city that you never do so we did museums and we did we did a movie that we, we usually don't go to the movies we just did a bunch of things in a row that was really fun um but you know i i see everybody posting on instagram and facebook all these like perfect pictures and it feels sometimes like you know you have this mixed feeling about it because it seems as though everybody just wants to project like this perfection, you know, like everyone's just having all these Kodak moments, everything's like out of a Hallmark card. It's just not really true. I I mean, I wish that Facebook and Instagram was really just like a true, accurate diary of what's going on. And I wish that that meant people felt comfortable enough to share it all, you know, and that we could really then utilize this precious support of all of our friends because we could all let each other know what's really going on. But it seems like that courage, that muscle is really, it's really hard to flex. and And I get it you know, even for me this weekend, while there was a lot of beautiful moments, there were some really challenging things going on. And I was, I was doing my best to not, to not soak it up and, and, and focus on it. And I'll tell you some lesson that I, I've been learning and I am still learning it every single year. It's like, I, I feel like I keep learning this lesson, which is we can't really make other people's fears and other people's anxieties and other people's issues. We can't We can't take them on, you know, and a friend of mine was saying, you know, because there's a person in my life who just gets really freaked out and anxious, and I usually don't know how to handle that. You know, when it's a friend, um, it's much easier for me. I can, I'm just, I love that role of being a friend. I can just sit there and I just feel like I'm actually one of the best people they could call if they're feeling overwhelmed. And and somehow I'm able to lift people up and it works and it's, it's, it's actually great but there's certain family members of mine that, you know, it's different and they push my buttons in a different way and I lose patience with family members in a different way. And I realize a couple of things. We can't just fall victim to to the energy around us, right? And so whether you're at a holiday meal or whether you're on a vacation or whether you're just like going out for the day and there's somebody in your family who's, you know, they're just not they're just not feeling it they're just you know they're moping or they're in a bad mood or they're feeling you know they're 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 telling you all the things that could go wrong what i what i tend to do you know i'm such a pleaser you know and i want everybody to be happy so in one sense that's great because i'm really aware of how everyone's doing and i kind of make it part of my job to lift everybody up and i i like doing that in, in a certain way but the the other side of that coin is that sometimes I then, you know, get really sucked in um, to other people's stuff, especially when people won't get on board. You know, like I'm pretty convincing with my enthusiasm. So often, people are like, "Oh, you know what? Yes, I'm, I'm seeing it now through your lens, and let's go. Let's just freaking go. Let's just do this day. Let's just make it happen. Let's just enjoy it, and that's awesome. But then once in a while, you know, there's people in my family. Uh, there's a few in particular. They just don't get on board. They're just so consumed with, you know, their own perspective. And sometimes it's like, you know, there's just a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of doubt, a lot of fear. And then it's like, it's such a bummer to me when I can't, you know, I can't get that person to kind of like switch gears. And I realize that I've got to let that go. You know, I can't react to that all the time. You know, I heard Oprah say once, you know, be responsible for the energy you bring into the room. You know, like that is really, that's really powerful. Like it's, it's all of our jobs to be responsible for the energy we bring into the room. Even if we're walking into a room of strangers, like you're walking to stand in line at Starbucks even, you got to know that whatever you're brewing with, everyone around you is going to feel that. And it is our job to be responsible of the energy we bring into a room, especially if we're going to be with our family and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, we can't really we can't really do it for anybody else. And what we don't want to do is to allow other people to derail our own stuff, you know, especially if you're if you're in this moment where you're feeling light and everything's awesome, and 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 you've done your homework. You know, you woke up and you didn't feel it totally, but you got yourself inspired. You took responsibility for your happiness. You listened to a good podcast. You listened to a great record. You you took a run, whatever it is. And you're and you're feeling this this like, it's precious to feel that. You know, and it's like it's holding a moonbeam in your hand. It's it's hard to hold that, and so I think we have to really give ourselves permission to then separate from other people's crap and, and don't take it on because if we do, oh my gosh, then then that's really that's really gonna be a liability, right? Because there's just so much of that around. And I think we need to hold on tight to, you know, good feelings. And I think we can we can love other people and we can be compassionate. And then I think we have to also just keep moseying on. And, and hopefully, you know, when people see you, you know, steadfast in your commitment to, you know, just soaking it up, it's just so freaking precious. I mean, we don't know how much time we've been promised and there's just so much wonder and light and joy. And, you know, it's like I heard a friend of mine say, you could be sitting, waiting for a table at a restaurant and you look, you look at the people who are waiting also and this person is, you know, on their phone, this person might be, you know pissed off, tapping their foot, continuing to ask the hostess you know when's my table coming and maybe this other person is like sitting there, you know, just smiling, just enjoying the time, you know, soaking up the breeze that comes in through the window, or maybe they're just enjoying a book they're reading, and you realize that all these people they're in the exact same physical place, but they're in a totally different mental place, and therefore you could be in one place with you know somebody else's as well, but you're in a totally different universe and and there's so much, depending on what you focus on, there's so much good. In every moment, there's something to be thankful for. And we can be productive and we can use the time instead of dwelling on this other person's stuff. We could just, we could just keep taking in deep breaths of everything that we have to be thankful for. And sometimes our own clarity as we move forward, since we, we really can't change other people. But it's amazing how if you take responsibility for your own happiness and you keep changing yourself, that's the only thing you can change, right? You keep changing you. Maybe over time, that's the way that you ultimately inspire all these people around you. And if there's that one person, you know, and it's just so hard, instead of volleying back and forth and getting sucked into it, maybe you just keep going. And maybe over time, things just change, you know, and I have seen that in my life. So these are just some thoughts I had about family. And I just want to put it right on out there because I don't want you to think for a second you know that everybody's just having the most perfect holidays people are dealing with stuff let me just tell you people are dealing with stuff and I I have the honor of getting to really hear what's going on inside people's lives so I've learned that we're all we're all kind of kind of similar and uh, we're all dealing with some stuff there's some shadows there's some demons there's some monsters but I want to keep empowering you to keep being as strong um, and as happy, truly genuinely happy as you can be because that is such a force field to surround yourself with. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting our podcast. I strongly recommend using ShipStation. The holidays are coming for those of us who want to ship things out, for those of us who have an Etsy shop, for those of us who are selling any kind of merch or product. This makes everything super, super easy. When you're selling online, getting your orders out the door quickly can be tough, and that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fast and easy way to manage and ship your orders all from one place. ShipStation is going to help you get orders quickly and easily to customers and make them happy. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even from your cell phone. You can use ShipStation to create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. With ShipStation, you'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. Right now, try ShipStation free for 30 days and you can get an additional month free only if you use my promo code DREAMJOB. Go to ShipStation.com. Before you do anything else, just click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and you can type in DREAMJOB. That's ShipStation.com and enter DREAMJOB. ShipStation, make ship happen. Thanks to FreshBooks for supporting our podcast. The nature of work is changing again and again. The internet has enabled more people to become self-employed professionals and small business owners, more connected, mobile, more autonomous, and working in new jobs that could not have been imagined just a few years ago. This is what we talk about all the time. Only five to 10 years ago, working for yourself was considered a little bit taboo and looked down upon. The thought being that you couldn't get a real job but that's no longer true right so today one in three americans is actually self-employed the trend is growing and it looks like by 2020 this group would grow to over 40 percent of the u.s workforce the world was not built for the self-employed so many institutions that currently support the workforce are just not simply keeping up with the pace of the changing need to serve those who are working for themselves FreshBooks is among the innovators who have stepped up to provide a new solution for freelancers and small business owners in this rapidly changing market. So I think FreshBooks is great because I am really not a person who loves to deal with accounting and invoices and things like that. I'm like all about the creativity and the connection with people, but it has to get done. You know, people ask me for invoices. People want to have things squared away, especially at the end of the year when I'm doing taxes. I need to know exactly what I paid people. Um, and exactly what came in. So FreshBooks is so helpful to me because it makes it all really seamless. So now FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to our listeners. And to claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash dreamjob and then enter don't keep your day job in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash dream job and then enter don't keep your day job in the how did you hear about us section. Thanks to eHarmony for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. If you're trying online dating, chances are you run into lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and random matches that don't turn into dates. You can't get to know someone just by looking at their picture. So eHarmony is unlike many other dating sites. So I gifted a friend of mine um, with using eHarmony because of course I'm married. So I gave this to a friend of mine and she was really, really impressed. She told me that She's never, ever seen that much thought and time and care go into how they match you. So they ask you all these questions, and she said, oh, I wish the other dating sites did this. She said it felt like they really were taking the time to put you together with people, not just because, okay, this person has a nice picture, but really because you're really a match in some fundamental ways. eHarmony is unlike many other online dating sites. They are built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships, not a shallow hookup site. They've helped over a million people find their perfect match. eHarmony uses years and years of science and data and psychological research to send you the right matches. eHarmony brings compatible people together. There are plenty of hookup sites out there. This is not what they are. Right now, my listeners can get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter my code DREAMJOB at checkout. So stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter my code DREAMJOB at checkout. Hey guys, so one more quick thing. Um, How many of you are in Los Angeles? So if you are... I'm doing an event December 7th. It's called Make Your Own Miracles, An Evening with Kathy Heller. Now, the reason it's called Make Your Own Miracles is because we are using this awesome, awesome space to do this event. Let me tell you who we're partnering with. So there's a little spot in um, LA called Miracle Mile, and there's a toy store there, okay? There's a toy store there that is now, the space that it has, it's a toy store in the front, and it's this little theater in the back. It's so sweet. So we thought, this is a perfect event to do for the holidays, right? Because people can come. We're going to give you some time to shop for toys. Some of this stuff is going to go to Toys for Tots. And then we're going to do this cool event. And I'll speak for like an hour. We'll have some treats for you guys to nosh on. We'll do some Q&A. If you want to get tickets, um, they're not very expensive. And we're going to have such a good time. Again, it's December 7th in Los Angeles. The event is going to go from 6.30 to about nine. So come on over and join us. Um, It's going to be at the Miracle Mile Toy Hall. You guys are going to love this. So you can get tickets. Look in the show notes. There's a link to tickets. Or you can come to my Facebook page. The link to tickets will be there. Or you can find the tickets on my Instagram. I can't wait to see you guys there. And for those of you who are not in LA, by the way, you can message me on Instagram and you can tell me where it is that you guys live and you want me to come do an event because I'm starting to plan 2018 and I want to be coming to your city. I want to come and hang out, talk to you guys, and meet you in person. But since I'm in LA, um, we figured let's just do another event. And so for anyone who's around, come and hang. December 7th, it's at the Miracle Mile Toy Hall. You're going to have time to get some seasonal treats and beverages. You'll get to shop the treasure trove of toys and games for kids of all ages. And then you can indulge your inner child and spend an hour listening to me encouraging you and reassuring you and giving you some carve-outs to how, to how to make your own path brighter. And I can't wait. So go to the link. Um, you can check it out in the show notes on iTunes. You can check it out in the show notes on don'tkeepredayjob.com, or you can find the link on my Instagram, or you can find the link on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see you, and, then, and I can't wait. So today, I wanted to bring on this awesome woman, she is just so awesome. I can't wait to share her with all of you. Her name is Jenna Kutcher. Now, you guys might already know her, and if you don't, you're gonna be like, "Kath, this woman rocks." She has a podcast called Gold Digger, but she also she's had a successful business for a while. She started out working for Target, um, pretty high up there. She's from Minneapolis, and Target is like the big deal there. And then she went on to uh, to quit her day job and to put all of her efforts into starting her own business and her own business really took off. And, uh, and she's just continued to grow it in such like graceful, awesome, sexy ways. She has a huge tribe and um, she puts out amazing content and she has a great business and she has a lot of good stuff to say. And what I love about Jenna is similar to what I've been saying about, you know, how not everybody has the most perfect Thanksgiving moments. She just keeps it real, just a 100 pee, just putting it out there, and she will post photos of herself and talk about the fact that she's not a size zero or two or four or six. She just posts a photo of herself, and she says, you know, I wish there were photos like this of women who are a size 10, size 12, size whatever, you know, just, just embracing what they are, and she also talks about her own struggles with other things, and um, I'm so proud to know her, and I'm so... Happy that she's out there because, you know, when you really look at it, when you're on Instagram or Facebook today and you could tell the truth, that's like being a modern day, you know, knight in shining armor. That that takes that takes courage. And so I love Jenna. I think she's a great businesswoman. I think she's got a lot of courage. I think she's got a lot to say about businesses. And I also think she's got a lot to say about being a, a pretty cool person. So without further ado, everybody, here comes Jenna Kutcher. Hi, Jenna.
1: Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you because there are certain people that you
0: just listen to and you're like, I want to be around this person. I want to be friends with this person. And I feel like people can just learn so much from you and you're just so honest and there and you show up. So, I want you to tell me a little bit about you and your own journey as a woman, as a business person. Just tell me a little bit about how you got to here and then And then tell me why you started this podcast, why you thought it was so important to start the Gold Digger podcast. Awesome.
1: So I know that we don't have a ton of time, so I'll do the much condensed version, which I think is super appreciated when it comes to podcasts. Um, So (laughs) I went to college thinking I was gonna do business. And so I kind of just stumbled into communication and business and I started to fall in love with it. But what I fell in love with was the corporate side of things. And so my Mm. vision for my future was you know this corner office with all the windows and power suits and high heels and and that was what i thought i wanted but when i look back now you think of those textbooks and the the success stories and the people you see and that's what they had and so i think that it was something that i was absorbing without being conscious of it but when i looked at what i really loved in my life it was kind of the opposite of all of that and so after college i landed a job with target and I'm from Minnesota originally, so Target is a really big deal because their headquarters are there. Oh, yes. Everyone knows it. Um, and so oh, yes. people looked at me like, oh, man, she like landed this awesome job. But the truth was, while the title was impressive, the actual position was in a store, working nights and weekends, managing a team, plus trying to live up to all of the HR duties that I had. And so it very quickly became this consuming, stressful, anxiety-inducing job, and while I had the most incredible team of humans with me, I realized like I am stuck in a windowless office. I'm working 10 hours a day. I don't even know what a holiday is anymore because we're preparing five months in advance and I am like sleepwalking through them. And it just, it was soul sucking in a sense. And I remember um, one of the days I sat down with my boss and I don't think I've ever even told this story but they were like priming me and grooming me to be moving up really fast and I thought that was awesome because I've always been a succeeder like I love to be good and uh, she told me she said you know if you want to move up to this next position like you have to start dressing the part and what that meant was you would have to run around 10 hours a day in high heels in a store and at that moment I was was like a heck to the no this is not what I envisioned this is not the power suit red and khaki look awful on me and I realized that I didn't even want to climb the ladder like it wasn't even enticing the more money was not enough to make me want to do it and so Long story short, I ended up buying a camera on Craigslist for the sole purpose of documenting our lives. It quickly turned into a passion. That passion turned into a blog. The blog turned into a business. And my journey as an entrepreneur started six years ago as a wedding photographer. And it has transformed so much over the last six years. I've shot over 125 weddings all over the world. And um, now we're kind of moving into a new territory. So that was kind of where uh, the podcast came in. Um, I've been an educator for the last three years and the reason why I started teaching was because I realized that I was doing something other people weren't and a lot mm-hmm. of artists really struggle to be profitable because they're creative yeah. but they're like business like what I have to do accounting and marketing and wear all totally. the hats. Right, and exactly. So I would talk to like the most incredible artists and they would say that they weren't even getting by and And I was wondering, like, what did I do so differently that gave me this six-figure business? And how can I teach other people to do that? And so through the evolution of it all um, came courses. And while I love teaching courses, and that's where really my passion lies, I knew that there was an audience out there that couldn't afford courses, or they weren't ready to make the leap, or they didn't know they had it in them. And I love listening to podcasts. I listen to this show I love Amy Porterfield. Aww. I listen to to a yeah, lot of incredible women. And I said, why, why am I not doing this? And of course, with every project comes fear, which I'm sure we can talk about.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Yep.
1: <laughs> First of all, you're so fun to listen to because you're so
0: enthusiastic and like you have so much like great energy you're just adorable but listening to you it's the first time I'm listening to someone I'm like I feel like she's telling me my my own story back to me like down to like so many of the details and what I love about it is like if somebody were to I love your website by the way, it's like mm, thank it's beautiful. You. And you're so all over it. Like you come right <laughs> off the page, like with your mac and cheese and your adorable husband and everything is just so cute. But you're from like the middle of America. Mm-hmm. You 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 live in Wisconsin now. In a right? tiny like, town like less than 12,000 people what's so what's your town like like is there like what's your downtown like what's there (laughs) so is there like one street light like what is it like um Yeah.
1: so it's been interesting so I grew up in a really small town in Minnesota Drew grew up in a really small town in Wisconsin and when we say small his town was 1,200 people and Mm -hmm. my town was 5,000 and so I went to the same school from kindergarten through 12th grade one school um and So so there's something about us that has always like enjoyed that small town life and it's been so interesting because and you know I travel at least once a month for the last three four years doing speaking things or workshops or things so I get to see the world but then I get to come home so
0: then that kind of explains like why you come across the way you do which is just so genuine down to earth like I feel like people in small towns are naive in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not jaded. Yeah. You know, they don't have, like, that, like, rough and tough, like, exterior. Because I know people who move to L.A. and they just stand out. They're, like, a little extra sweet yeah. and extra vulnerable and extra Until nice. Until they're and I'm, like, hardened from by here? the city. <laughs> right. But, like, in some way that probably really served you. Oh, because yeah. you just looked at the world with, like, wide eyes. And you're like, let's do this. Yeah. So why can't we? Everybody's just a potential friend. Like, no one's a stranger. Absolutely. You know? So I want to talk about that moment where things shifted and started to crystallize because that's where the rubber meets the road, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, you had a business, you know, you started out, you're doing photography, but then it changed and you started to notice that there were things that you were doing that not everybody else was doing. And you started to teach those things. Let's, let's talk about some of that. What were some of the things that you now teach that you're like, okay, I think I was approaching it like this yeah,
1: and not everybody saw it that way absolutely so i'm gonna list five things and these are like the awesome. core pillars of what I teach in order. And so the first one is branding. And I think a lot of times as visual people, we stop at the visuals. So we say, great, I have a logo, I have a color scheme, I have fonts, I am done. But I have learned that branding goes so far beyond that with the words we use, the messaging, the way we lay our images out, what we approve or curate. Um, And so finding a brand that isn't just something that looks like everyone else. I would not say like a brand is watercolor or pink or whatever, but it needs to make people feel something the Mm -hmm. second piece is knowing and understanding your ideal clients and I think a lot of times we have this generic idea of person a person b person c and kind of like you said like this like stadium of people watching us and we never actually laser focus or put the binoculars on to look at the separate faces and so when it comes to ideal clients you can have many different ideal clients I serve many different ideal clients. But the thing is, is if you can speak to one person, chances are you're going to hit the people that are like them or that look like them or that have similar interests. And then you can speak so much clearer to that audience. Another piece of it is just the communication part. So going back to my degree, it was in PR and communication and understanding how to systemize communication using templates and creating a voice very intentionally that then can be passed off to say a team or someone that can work beyond you. And I think a lot of times we're so focused on giving these one of a kind experiences that we're creating so much more work for ourselves. And in the end, we're actually falling short on that branded experience. Whereas if we would have sat down and said, here's the stuff I need to communicate, I'm going to write all of this now. And that way I'm going to have it and make sure every client gets that. And then my favorite is uh, social media strategy. And so I am one of the most strategic people I know, and, and I own that, and I don't say that in a sense of bragging, but strategy is my passion. Um, I love to think about psychology. I love to think about how we're moving ahead. I love the nerdy stuff. Like It's it's mind-boggling, <laughs> the podcasts I listen to on the nerdiest stuff, and my husband is like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. But Smart, really, though. You're doing the research. Yeah, So um, really figuring out how to leverage these free platforms that we're all wasting our time on and using them in a way that is not just speaking to our ideal clients now, but reaching them now so that when the time comes, when they're ready to purchase, we are the only person they think of. And then the last pillar is all about outsourcing and creating workflows and systems, because so many times when we start a project or our passion turns into a Business, we are left floundering and burnt out, and suddenly that windowless office is looking mighty fine. And so, um, yeah. creating a way to build a team or to build in outsourcing so that you can do what only you can do.
0: Yep, I mean, there's just like so many amazing things that just came out of your <laughs> mouth. Because, see, this is where you're right. Most most creative people are thinking about the creativity, which is great. And you're doing both, you know, you're thinking about systems Mm -hmm. and you're being strategic about things. And I heard somebody once say to me, he's like a billionaire. He lives in LA. He like owns a few companies and a lot of real estate. He said, you, you can do two things. You can either work in your business Mm -hmm. or on your business and people who work on their business they get so much more done because they can start to really look at things from a bird's eye view and step back and have perspective so that like even what you said about when you find your voice in your copywriting and then you can pass that off to your team. It's like, this is what I'm about. This is what I would say. This is what I would sound like. Now I don't have to be there to write every single thing because it's so clear Mm -hmm. what I would write and how I write it. I just want to talk about two of those things more specifically so that we can get an example. So number one, when you talked about branding, Give us an example of what you decided yours was, because you said it's not pink. It's not um, watercolor. How how can you
1: just give us that one example as your own brand? What did that equal for you? Absolutely. So I'm going to start this off with an assignment for everyone. So this is like a tangible takeaway. So what I want for everybody to do is to jump on Pinterest after this show is done, and I want for you to create a secret board. And all I want for you to do is to go on the front page of Pinterest and I want for you to just pin anything that speaks to you. It can be a haircut. It could be a sweater. It could be anything that you are drawn to enough to open it up and look a little bit closer. And so I challenge myself to do this and I set a timer and you know, if you have 10 minutes, 20 minutes, I would say if you could do 30 minutes of just pinning and I want it to be as mindless as possible. And what the beautiful thing is, is at the end of it, you're going to start to see trends and it's not just trends in color or texture like we're so used to seeing but you're going to start to see kind of a message and for me when i created my new website the message was high end but laid back and Ooh. i realized like i love finer things in life like our house yeah. is like beautifully decorated and every room looks like it's out of pinterest but i'm going to answer the door in my sweatpants with uh-huh. bedhead head and make you feel welcome and <laughs> offer sweet. you a beer when you walk in the door. Like, so that is how I want people to feel is they, I want them to know they're going to get this high end experience, whether it's through a course or through my wedding photography or through the podcast, but they're also going to have this approachable feel where they feel comfortable and welcomed and free to be imperfect. And so what I started to realize was I was drawn to this like imperfect script that I was seeing on Pinterest, but then I was drawn to these like big cozy blankets and really beautiful spaces. And so how could we create that brand whether it's on Instagram, on the website, through the way that I speak so that people know, like, I'm an intelligent woman, but I'm also like going to talk to you about Real Housewives, you know, <laughs> like how do we mix those two things totally. um, in a way that makes sense? I love so that. does that
0: answer the question? Yeah, no, it totally does. And that for you was your, was your brand and, and you have completely communicated that. Let's go to one more piece of those five. Yeah. So ideal client. Yep. Give us an example. What did you yeah. decide that that person was like?
1: So one of the things that I find is that a lot of times when people teach about ideal clients, it's like creating this avatar and I just don't connect to that because I picture like an avatar from the movie and I just yeah. lose it's it like, I'm emoji. like, how am I speaking to this like blue person? <laughs> like they're not my person. <laughs> And so what I started to challenge my students to think about is, have you worked with a client in the past that you were just obsessed with? Like you were inspired, Mm. you felt free to create, they trusted you, the communication was seamless and you just felt so good about that. And for some people starting out, they don't have that. And so then my next question would be, scroll through Instagram for 10 minutes and tell me the one person you want to work with. Like if you Mm -hmm. would just geek out if this person and want to hire you and you want to start figuring out what these people have in terms of characteristics. So for me, I'm in a tiny town and I can tell you right now unabashedly that my wedding photography is very expensive for people to hire me. It is not within the market. And whenever somebody tells me like, no, you don't understand, like our market is different guys. I live in a town of 12,000 people. I get it. (laughs) I get it. So I have never photographed a wedding in the town that we live in. In six years, I have never once photographed anything in this town because this is is not where my people are and so you have to understand that no matter what city you're in what state you're in what country yes. you're in there are going to be people that value what you do That's and awesome. are willing to pay any amount of money That's for it awesome and so to be reminded when, of. yes and I it's funny because people will try to like prove me wrong and I'm like guys here's my demographics like trust me I get it and so you have to understand that If you're charging off of the market because you don't think your ideal clients are out there or that they value you that much, first off, they're not your ideal clients because they will value you. But Mm. second off, you need to go to where they are. You need to communicate to those people. And so for me, I had this one incredible bride. Her name was Mallory. She's a real person. Um, (laughs) And she was just awesome. And so I said, okay, how can I get more people like Mallory? Well, first things first, I got to give Mallory the best experience ever. Then I got to make sure that at her wedding her parents feel loved on her bridesmaids feel adored I am not just showing up for my wedding couple I am showing up for everyone and off of that one single wedding I'm pretty sure I did almost six figures just in photography alone because I got to work with so many of her friends and family because I just showed up and I was passionate and I was ready Mallory I love you Love awesome.
0: <laughs> um, so your show is called The Goal Digger Podcast. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you did a whole show on goal setting for people who hate goal setting, right? Yep. Um, how do you actually, you know, like someone is going to listen to you and they're going to say, that's awesome, Jenna. How the heck do I actually accomplish a goal and get things done? How do you actually set a goal and get it done?
1: So I think that one of the things that I've really been learning a lot lately, and I've been digging into this so much because you guys in the past, I've hated goals. I hate resolutions. I am that person. And so it's almost humorous that my podcast is the gold digger podcast, um, because I've kind of been on this journey of like figuring out, well, what does this look like for me? And so the first thing that I really learned is that we are afraid to dream because we are afraid that we're not going to accomplish those dreams. And so there is been something in our lives that we have set as a goal and we've fallen short of. And it has made us be too afraid to actually get honest with ourselves and say, this is what I want for my life. Whether it's to work out three times a week or run a marathon or do a six figure launch or whatever that looks like. And in that falling short, maybe somebody made a comment or told us, you know, we didn't get there. And so we've kind of shut off that ability to truly dream and to be very honest and bold in those dreams. And so one of the things that I've started doing, and I mean, this is incredibly recent, is writing down my dreams in the present tense. So what is that dream going to look like? I'm going to wake up and walk my dogs for an hour. Then I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And be very conscious of going there, like actually saying the things that we want and I think what is so interesting is if we set a goal, let's say I say today, um, I've actually done marathons, but I'm not planning on doing anymore. Um, but if I said, I want to run a marathon, I'm going to run the New York city marathon at whatever date that is. Now I am being held into that goal. And I know that if I skip a workout tomorrow or I decide not to run, that I'm not in alignment with that goal. And we've just gotten too afraid to even say those things and to set the time and place that we don't even go go for it anymore because we're so worried about being disappointed but The thing is, is that if you look back on your life, I really don't think there are failures. When somebody asked me the other day, What is your biggest failure? You know, there are things that I thought that I didn't accomplish, but there were so many things that I learned out of them. And if you take that, it's not truly a failure. Like there was something that came out of it, right? Uh, You might have had to pivot a time or two, and it might not have been fun, uh, but at the same point, it's all about perspective. And so, why do we let the fear of failure control our destiny when? we can look back on our lives and say that nothing was really a failure in the first place um so so true really just kind of looking at that. So for me, what I found is it works a lot better to set goals quarterly than annually. Um, Because, you know, we were both talking like a year ago, my podcast didn't even exist. And it wasn't something even on my radar. And so really giving myself that ability to kind of transition and move and work with a team. Um, And so quarterly goals feel so much more focused to me than saying like, here's a year at a glance and kind of backing your yourself into a corner, not giving yourself the ability to transform and change as your year changes you.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you're right. I think what you said in the beginning is true. Like we've stopped dreaming big because mm-hmm. it's, it's painful to, think that we might get our like heart crushed and we might Mm -hmm. not. So we just stop. And then we realize like, wait, am I living the life I want to live five years later? I think I missed out on a lot of life living because I was afraid to. It's hard. It takes a lot of courage to show up and actually put your heart in your hands and say, no, I really do want this. I, I, I was lying to myself. You did a show specifically about um steps you need to take in order to like leave your day job and make your life more about your dream job so let's get into that what were some of the things that you shared
1: Absolutely. So one of the things that I think is so interesting is I probably get asked this question a lot. I mean, I get messages in my DMs every day saying, I'm miserable in my job. I want to do something like what you're doing. How do you do this? And I always cringe just a little bit because I know that when you could get a 100 incredible, successful women in a room, all of our journeys look different. And so uh, embracing that is probably the most beautiful thing. And I think that there are two camps of people, the kind that needs, Need to have the security before they can leave, and the kind yes. that need to jump and figure it out as they go. And so you have to decide which camp you're in. But for me, I needed the security. It was the Midwestern girl in me that was like, uh uh-uh, uh, girl, you're walking away from a salary and benefits. Yeah. You better have your crap together. Right, right. Um, so one of the things for me was I really wanted to make sure I was legal, and I think a lot of people put this step way too far into their processes, and you know, a year down the road, they're like, Oh, maybe I should turn this into an LLC. Um, right. If you're making money, just do it the right way because not right. only are you going to be legit, but you're also going to feel that ownership and that yeah. piece of pride that like you're really going to go for it's real. it. real. commitment. Yes. real business. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And if you don't know where to start on that, don't ask me. I'm not a lawyer, um, but <laughs> ask an accountant. For me, what was so helpful is in our tiny little town, I found this incredible accountant firm, And they helped walk me through what were the best decisions, what the best plan was, and I still work with them to this day because they've just been incredible advisors. So start there. Cool. Um, I truly believe that you should never go into debt for your business, and I know that some companies are totally different, um, but looking at like a creative endeavor, it's possible. And so I used my corporate job to help fund my creative endeavors. So once I knew like, hey, I got to get out of Target, I started saving every last penny And we, I mean, pretty much ate ramen noodles for a very long time. Wow. But at the same point, I didn't want to go into debt for it. I Mm -hmm. wanted to be slow grow. And in that, it really taught me how to leverage the tools that I have and how to like really get savvy on platforms that are free so that I could um, figure things out without spending a ton of money. Yeah. Um, The other thing, too, is like just start growing a following. Like, why are we so afraid to put out what we're paying? passionate about like when you have a conversation with somebody and their eyes light up it's like you're just excited for them even if you don't even care or have any idea what they're talking it is about so true it and is so, so it's true. like why are we holding ourselves back from from putting this stuff out there and I think it's because it's so close to our hearts but at yeah. the same point like I cry watching shows like Project Runway and I can't even cut a piece of cloth if i tried but these people are so passionate and they believe exactly. in what they're doing and it and it inspires other people and so if you're holding yourself back on that get it out there like start yeah. growing a following start putting your work out there start putting your dreams out there start speaking it into existence and if you're worried about what people are going to think the people that care those are the people that are your tribe and the people that think you're silly or stupid or weird let them go they Doesn't are not matter. serving you they're not serving your life they're not serving your dreams they are I, not your people. i know it sounds funny to
0: say but like when I first got married, I remember talking, my husband's, he's not as much as a, of a pleaser as I am. Okay. And I remember like one time I was talking to him and I was like, I don't know if this person likes me. And I was really upset because <laughs> yeah. I like, I like everything to be nicey nice. Like I want everyone to <laughs> like me all the time. And I spend a lot of energy on that. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table with him and he looked at me and he was like, yeah, not everyone needs to like you. And as opposed to like trying to make me figure mm-hmm. out how to fix it, and it was so liberating in that moment. I realized, wait, not everyone <laughs> needs to like me. And I was like, wow, that's so powerful. Like I could I could get a lot more energy back if I just like trusted that by doing my best, that that might be enough. And then if someone really wasn't into it, that's OK. Like as long as there's a few people who
1: this is working for, that's great. Absolutely. I look at our energy and it's like we wake up with this certain amount of energy and we are in control of how we're spending it, whether it's on social media, feeling like crap about ourselves or right. pursuing people that don't want to be pursued. Right. Um, and I just have really, really harnessed the ability to separate my work and my friendships and relationships. And it has been such a healthy thing and it's yeah. been a beautiful thing because I truly do feel like a CEO. And at the same time, I can have friendships and relationships both in and out of work. But the ones that have to do with business, it's business. It's it's literally business and we're making decisions. And the more that we let our emotions get involved, the more messy things can get. And I think that. I sound like a hardened person, but I've just realized like I have this much energy. Am I putting it on my own stuff and creating my best work or am I wasting it on people that aren't even, you know, on board with the mission?
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I think, um, since social media is something that you've so mastered and you're so great with Pinterest and Instagram. And I do think that this segues into that because it is about putting yourself out there and not constantly overthinking it to the point where you just don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about social media for a second. And what do you think, you know, for somebody who is really just beginning, you know, and who wants to, enter that world and have some success in that world what are some of the things that are like good to keep in mind or what are some of your hacks or rules for creating a great pinterest or creating a great instagram what do you think are some things that people should chew on
1: Yeah. So first off, the platforms are so different. So we say that Pinterest isn't social media. It's a search engine. So the way that you use it has to be entirely different than the way that you're using Facebook and Instagram. And I think the amazing thing about Pinterest is that you don't, the number under your name does not matter. It's about creating viral content and then having that content have a plan behind it. Mm. So um, it's not just about, you know, having pretty pins. It's about driving traffic and then knowing what you're going to do when that traffic arrives. And so Pinterest is one of those things where we lump it into social media because it shows up on all those icons, you know, whenever we have it linked. Um, But really Pinterest is just a giant search engine, much like Google. And so the theory and the strategy behind it is entirely different. Um, And so we automate our Pinterest strategy. So we um, schedule out pins every week to go up and we do it once a week And then we're not on at all between then, um, which a lot of people didn't even know you can do that. And uh, we're just very, very strategic when it comes to Pinterest in terms of keywords and searchability and what things look like once they land to our site. Um, When it comes to Instagram... I think a lot of times, uh, we get angry at it because it's constantly evolving. (laughs) It's constantly changing. We can't keep up. And a lot of times it can give us negative feelings. I mean, if we're really being honest, it can be a place that can lead to commiseration. And what I want to empower people to understand is that you are in control of your experience. You're in control of who you choose to follow. You're in control of how much time you're spending on it. You're in control of how much weight it holds in your life, in your self-worth, in the way that you feel about yourself. And so I first just want to challenge people to take back that control. Instagram is not making you insecure. You likely have insecurities and it's just heightening them. And so how can you really get in tune with yourself and be honest with what is serving you in your life and what needs to be let go of? And uh, taking that, taking that lead, taking that uh, driver's seat in that Yeah. Yeah totally you know when it when it comes to Instagram I think a lot of times we love to overthink things oh (laughs) yeah what I think is beautiful about it is that it should be a reflection of our stories and and I look at it as my legacy and a lot of people get like wait what about it it's just an app but here's the thing um we lost a very very close friend of ours in a car accident a few years ago and Mm, it totally transformed the way that I thought about social media because when we lost him, he was the best man in our wedding. Um oh I realized God. like I, I wanted to, everywhere. I'm ugh, so I know. sorry, I hate hearing that. It's so I know. scary. Well, it is and it Uh, made me realize that I just wanted to be closer to him or to hear his words uh, or to see his face and so what we did at that time and I think in our generation is we go to social media right like we have all done this and we don't realize and acknowledge that every day every post every caption is a chance to write our story and to live out our legacy and this this is likely what we're leaving behind you guys like how many of us actually have diaries anymore. How many of us are actively journaling? Um, I know I'm not. I don't have time for that. And so when you shift the focus from strictly marketing or strictly popularity and start to put a focus on this is my life and this is my legacy and this is what I'll likely leave behind, it really challenges you to ask yourself, like, why does this post matter or how am I serving others or how am I showing up in the world in a way that if I scroll back a year from now, I can say that is my life. That is where I was at. That is what was happening um, in a non superficial or non curated way that is really special
0: and it totally changes i mean completely how you look at this mm-hmm. and one of the things that keeps coming up that's a through line in everything that we've been talking about is kind of overcoming that self-doubt that, you know, that what well, that's what overthinking is, right? Mm-hmm. So you've talked about this a lot, but one of your shows was completely dedicated to this. You talked about
1: tackling anxiety mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to ask you how you feel like you can do that. Yeah, I think that, um, I've really looked at mental health a lot closer, um, because so many artists and creative people struggle with it. And it's kind of like this thing that you just want to hide because nobody wants to hire a depressed wedding photographer or no one wants to work with the anxious <laughs> violinist or whatever that looks like. And so when we look at it from a marketing standpoint, we're told to put your best foot forward and to put only the good out there and to put all mm. the good energy out there. And, and in that, we start to feel shame and we start to feel isolation right. and we start to feel alone. And so what's really Scary when it comes to mental health is especially as an entrepreneur, we're already living such isolated lives where we're so infused in our own world that we often don't know how to look up and see out. And so for me, um, I am very thankful. Like I've never struggled with depression, but anxiety uh, became a really, really heavy hitting thing when I was pursuing more in my business. And I um, was working as a wedding photographer. It was my first three years of business, so I did 25 weddings, and then 27 weddings, and then 30 mm, that's weddings. A and that's a lot. And I was making more money, and I was, and to the world, it looked like I was like Beyonce killing it. Um, but really, I was like killing myself in the sense of working around the clock and I remember I went um, up north for a family weekend and I remember being angry because I had so much work to do and I couldn't believe that we had this commitment we had to go and I brought my computer and I had all my work and I was angry there wasn't wi-fi and my sister was telling a story about a patient she had. She's a nurse and I got so deep in that story that like I couldn't shake it and I was crying and I and I realized like I am like taking on any emotion around me right now because I'm oh, trying totally. to run away from what's yes. really going yes. on in my own life. And it was just this wake-up call, like, whoa, where, what are you doing? Like, you left the ladder climb, and now you're creating this new ladder that you're climbing by yourself. And uh, how do we get off yep. of it? And so what I've really been looking at lately in my life is um, optimizing who I am and optimizing my strengths and really focusing on the kind of energy I'm putting out into the world and the kind of energy I'm letting into my world. And it all used to sound so woo-woo to me. So if anyone's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, who is this girl? Like, is she prancing around with feathers and essential oils? Yes, I am. But the funny thing is, is that (laughs) I was like the person that rolled her eyes at all of it and I think um, you know we've we've experienced two miscarriages in the last year and it's really led to a lot of soul searching and a lot of honest conversations with myself and And I was running I was running from grief and I was running from letting myself imagine what life should be like or what it would have looked like and yeah. instead I, I did what was yeah. safe and started burying myself back into my work and, and it took me sitting down for three weeks of not working in Hawaii to really start having these honest conversations and to look at how I can do this in a healthier way and so um, fear and anxiety can play a really big role and it can really hold us back but it's nothing to be ashamed of it's just something that we have to start to process and start to handle and start to deal with and start to be honest about yeah and I feel like I mean everything you just said was so important and
0: I feel like one of the things that you've done as an outsider what I can see is that you've Mm -hmm. shared it you've shared you know many times on your podcast about what it's like to go through a Mm -hmm. miscarriage and you you don't pretend to not have Mm -hmm. pain and is
1: that part of what you're saying? That, yeah, like, I mean, embrace it and, sh- and put it out there. Not everyone is going to feel comfortable putting it out on a public platform that gets millions of downloads um, no, and, they're I, not. and I get it. Um, but for me, I think that, you know, it didn't feel right or it didn't feel aligned for me to only share the good in my life and we talk about social media being highlight reels and if I really wanted my legacy to be lived then it had to Mm. include the hard stuff and so when we go back to legacy I want to look back at those periods and feel that pain and remember it because I want to remember the babies that I didn't have and and I want to be honest with people because you can look at somebody and say oh my gosh she has this many followers or she gets this many likes but it's not out of disingenuous like attempts it's it's out of the most pure attempts to be honest and let you into a life and if we look at social media and we say everything is so perfect how are we changing it how are we the ones blazing the trail that says you can be imperfect and I think that you know, it doesn't take a platform of a hundred thousand people to do that. It takes it takes the guts to start and and you're going to see that the things that you're most afraid to share about, the things that you are most afraid to post are the things that are going to change lives in the most incredible ways. And it was yeah, never absolutely. part of my plan to walk this road and it was never part of my plan to have it be a part of my brand in a sense. But it has connected me to people in a way that marketing never could
0: yeah i mean just having courage and telling the truth is a very um, rare thing in this world mm-hmm. and when you see somebody who's willing to do that with grace just show up and just tell the truth and you don't have to be someone you're not in order to be successful mm-hmm. y- you can bring it all with you even it's the all garbage, welcomed Your at garbage the table. is right.
1: welcomed here <laughs> and that that's everybody
0: so what do you feel like you want to leave the audience with
1: like from that like best friend perspective big sister yeah what do you want to tell them listen to the conversations in your head and start to take ownership of them um, a lot of things that we say to ourselves are things we would never speak into the world about anyone else and so I challenge you to see yourself the way the world sees you, which is far more beautiful, far more talented, far more capable, far more impressionable than you would ever recognize. And so start to understand that you can change that dialogue and start to pay attention to the way that you speak to yourself and speak to yourself with love and grace and permission and understanding and don't apologize for the Amazing person that you are! Like it's it's okay, and I think that growing up in the Midwest, you know, we we don't do humble brags, we don't do humble anything, um, in the sense of like if you did something great, then just celebrate in silence, you know, by yourself and never put it out there. And I think that the more comfortable you can get in celebrating yourself, the more powerful you can feel, and the more capable you feel. And so don't ever shy away from celebration because your tribe is going to come around you and celebrate as well and that I think, is
0: so beautiful i love that's one of the most delightful messages oh, i've heard thank yay. you for sharing that yeah and on a more like concrete level yeah. since you're such a badass rock star <laughs> businesswoman what are like what's something that you think is like okay if you're gonna prioritize yep. sort of putting first things
1: first yep. do this yep okay here you go it's it's not gonna blow anyone's minds but maybe it will do not sleep with your phone in your bedroom I am telling you right now you guys it is life-changing to have space from it to go to sleep without having the last scroll of Instagram in your head to wake up and not check for notifications because um, what I've started doing is charging my phone on another level of our house and uh, not going to it until after I've walked the dogs I've Had coffee, I've read a book, um, parts of a book. And really, what happens is we go down that rabbit hole and that can stem and infuse itself into our entire day. So, if you're one of those people that checks your email first thing in the morning, if you could do anything going into this next year, it would be to stop that because you are being reactionary instead of being proactive in your dreams, in your life, in your business. If that email has been sitting there for five hours, it can sit there for six. So, Start creating before you consume and really take the ownership in that and resist the temptation because it is really just going to pull you further away from the dreams that you want to accomplish for the day.
0: Wow, oh, that's powerful. I was not expecting that. And you're totally talking to me like I. Stop doing it, Kathy. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's, it's not, not good. It's not good. So that's a good thing to not do. And what's I'm going to hold you to it because you know so much and I want to get the most out of this as I can. What's one thing to be doing? What do you think is like this should be at the top of the list? Is it thinking about your ideal client? Is it branding? Is it coming up with your business plan? What is the thing that you're like, okay, if I had to pick one, this
1: is what you need to be focusing on first. So what I would challenge you to do is to start implementing batch working into your life. Um, So if there is a task that you're doing every single day, what would it look like if you could just plan one day and get through all of it and then have it ready to rock? And I feel Mm. like we're never allowing ourselves to be creative or to be creating because we're always reinventing the wheel every single day. And so things like like planning out your Instagram posts, planning out your content, planning out um, you know whatever sort of jobs that you do over and over again. So we will literally batch every single day so that one day is devoted to one thing until it is complete and then we can move on to something else. And you are going to be so much more productive. You're going to feel so much more inspired. You're going to feel so much less scatterbrained. And you're going to really be able to focus in a way that doesn't make your brain feel like a million tabs are open. And so my team is implementing it. I'm implementing it. Um, and it really just shifts things and allows us to see an overall strategy so much better because we are in the work and it's done. And then we can kind of lift our eyes up and see where we're headed. Awesome.
0: You did a podcast all about limiting beliefs, Mm -hmm. like your limited mindset is limiting your life. What did you mean by that? And how do you think that we can change
1: that? Yeah, so our life experiences, the way that we've been raised, the values instilled in us, the way that we value things can truly tell us uh, lies. I mean, for real. Like, I uh, grew up in a household that we were kind of scraping by, and I never thought that I could make a lot of money. I never thought that I was valuable enough to do that. And I also uh, had these limiting beliefs about what was possible. And so when you can look back, um, there are limiting beliefs in every area of our lives. And a lot of it can be traced all the way back to things that happened in our childhood. Um, And when you can start to have those honest conversations and start to break those barriers or um, not necessarily prove yourself wrong, but start to lift those beliefs, to lift that glass ceiling that you've placed in your life, whether you don't feel worthy of a loving relationship or you don't believe you can lose 10 pounds or you don't feel like your body could ever feel good, um, whatever those things are. They are controlling your destiny right now because you're giving them that control. And so really looking at, um, you know, opening your eyes and dreaming, like actually dreaming and, and writing down what it would feel like to be in that dream world and starting to see what areas you're hearing that voice in your head saying, you can't do this or you're not worthy of this or this is never going to happen and start to really trace those feelings back. You can really learn to squash those limiting beliefs and to start developing new thought patterns in your head that says I am capable and I am worthy and I am accomplished and I can do this and that little cheering section in your head can make all of the difference. Well, you clearly did that. <laughs> I did. Through all of that stuff
0: in spite of it. Yeah, and that's exciting and I think I had the same stuff. I mean, I think we all have it to a yeah, certain degree in different absolutely. ways. Absolutely. All right. Well, this was just so much fun and I loved listening to everything you had to say and I was just nodding my head the whole time like, "Yep. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Where can people find you?"
1: Yeah, I would be so honored to connect with any of you and all of you. Um, I always say just you're all welcome here. So the easiest place, we call it the mothership, is uh, jennacutcher.com. It holds everything from the podcast to my blog to our Hawaiian condo, if anyone needs a vacation, Um, and it has (laughs) a lot of free resources. So I just believe in putting out the best free education possible, and that's my challenge to myself. Um, And then, of course, I love Instagram. I talk a lot about it. So at Jenna Kutcher, one thing I love from every podcast is just hearing what your biggest takeaway was. And I think that Kathy and I can both agree that a lot of times when you record things like this, it can be really hard because you're just talking into a screen. Um, But really hearing from you guys and giving us those faces in the crowd can make all of the difference in inspiration. So I would just truly love to hear um, if anything stood out to you today and to connect with you on that level. Um, And then of course, the gold digger podcast. So if you go to gold diggerpodcast.com or on iTunes, uh, we do two shows a week one interview, one solo. And I love to teach a lot of the stuff that we talked about on here.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for just being such a resource for everybody and being such a cheering section and a champion for everybody and wanting to not only see everybody do well, but by having the courage yourself to. To pave the way because you're inspiring everyone by
1: just doing what you do so thank you for being here well thank you again for having me it's been a pleasure
0: ah uh, i love jenna okay here are some great takeaways from what she had to say number one your brand goes beyond the visuals it needs to make people feel something number two be specific about your ideal client number three have a clear intentional voice know what you want to communicate and make sure every client gets it number four write down your dreams in the present tense Number five, failures aren't failures if you learn something from it. It's all about perspective. Number six, set goals quarterly instead of annually. Number seven, social media should be a reflection of our legacy, not a popularity contest. Number eight, see yourself the way the world sees you. Celebrate yourself. Number nine, create before you consume. Leave the phone out of the bedroom. Number 10, raise your own glass ceiling. Don't let the past shut off your ability to dream. Thank you guys for listening to our show. I love you. I can't thank you enough for all the support, all the letters, all the emails. Um, Come find me on Instagram and tell me what's going on. If you private message me, I will follow you right back. I want to see what you guys are doing. I want to be there to support you. Come on over to Facebook, and you can come to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook page because I pop on there and do a Facebook Live every week, sometimes more than once a week, and uh, you guys can catch it. I just hope you continue to realize what's possible. I hope you realize just how much braver you really are than you might give yourself credit for. And you have so, so much inside of you that's that's dying to come out or else you wouldn't be listening to this show. So I hope you give yourself permission to believe more in yourself. And as the holidays are approaching and we look towards next year, um, I think this is a perfect time to really step up and to raise the bar and to stop... Stop like looking in the past or looking at all the things that are, you know, scary and what could go wrong, but start looking at what you have to gain and what you really want and go soak up this one wild and precious life that you have. And as always, I'll leave you guys with a song of mine this week. Hope you guys are liking these songs Um, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
2: Subway cars filled with tiny souls. Some are young and some of them are old. Saddest faces you have ever seen. How can we set each other free?